Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Hello there, faithful listeners, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. You know what? I finally did it. After a year of putting it off, I finally updated my computer to Windows 11. And I don't know why I put it off, actually, because I really like it. I really like the fact that I can look at the weather, like right on my little toolbar here. It says that right now it's 34 degrees and cloudy, which is very interesting because if I look out my window right now, I can see that it is actually snowing. But you know what? I choose to believe what the weather tells me on Windows 11 rather than what my actual window is telling me. Windows 11 is probably more accurate. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. Okay, so we're going to be talking about 1 Samuel chapter 8 today. And I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. as I always do, or the World English Bible, if you're not sure what that stands for. But as always, feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of, whether it's the NIV or the NLT or the KJV, whatever you prefer. And let's go ahead and read... 1 Samuel chapter 8, the entire thing. I've got my cup of coffee here with me. I hope you've got yours too on this cold, cloudy, 34 degree morning. And and let's enjoy drinking our coffee or tea this morning as we read the Bible together. When Samuel was old, he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. His sons didn't walk in his ways, but turned away after dishonest gain, took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel to Ramah. And they said to him, behold, you are old and your sons don't walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. Samuel prayed to Yahweh. Yahweh said to Samuel, listen to the voice of the people in all that they tell you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me as king over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they also do to you. Now, therefore, listen to their voice. However, you shall protest solemnly to them and shall show them the way of the king who will reign over them. Samuel told all of Yahweh's words to the people who asked him for a king. He said, This will be the way of the kings who shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them as his servants for his chariots and to be his horsemen, and they will run before his chariots. He will appoint them to him for captains of thousands and captains of fifties, and he will assign some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and the instruments of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, to be cooks and to be bakers. He will take your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves, and even your best, and give them to his servants. He will take one-tenth of your seed of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants, your female servants, your best young men, your donkeys, and assign them to his own work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks, and you will be his servants. You will cry out in that day because of your king, whom you will have chosen for yourselves, and Yahweh will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel, and they said, 
No, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the other nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of Yahweh. Yahweh said to Samuel, Listen to their voice and make them a king. Samuel said to the men of Israel, Everyone, go to your own city. Samuel is now very old, and he's getting to the point where he's no longer going to be able to be the judge of Israel. And so what he does is he appoints his sons to be the next judges of Israel, which is actually really unique because no other judge did this. God was actually the one who was supposed to appoint judges. So it's kind of interesting that Samuel just automatically decided that his sons were going to be the next judges of Israel. And in my opinion, Samuel should not have done this because first and foremost, like I said, the the judges were always supposed to be appointed by God. And secondly, Samuel's sons weren't that great. It actually says that his sons didn't walk in his ways. So Samuel was a very just judge and his sons didn't act like that. Instead, his sons would accept bribes and would accept money from people and pervert justice. And they were doing this all while Samuel was alive as well. And Samuel, of course, was the head judge during all of this. So you would wonder why Samuel wouldn't either A, correct his sons, or B, just not appoint his sons in the first place, or C, fire his sons from the role if they weren't doing it the right way. But Samuel is kind of similar to Eli, it kind of looks like. Do you guys remember Eli? He was at the very beginning of the book of 1 Samuel. He was the judge when Samuel was born. And Eli had two sons also who were priests who did all sorts of terrible things. Now, it doesn't sound like Samuel's sons were as bad as Eli's sons, but still, they weren't great. And Eli's sons were terrible. They did all sorts of very awful things and perverted God's temple. And what ended up happening was God warned Eli multiple times about his sons. And even once through Samuel, he actually appeared to Samuel and was like, hey, you know, Eli's sons are going to die because Eli is not correcting them at all. So it is kind of interesting that Samuel sort of fell down the same path that Eli did because Samuel was very involved with what happened to Eli and Eli's sons. So unfortunately, Samuel's two sons were not the best and the people noticed this. And so they come to Samuel in Ramah, which was where Samuel's house was. And the people say to him, hey, you're old. (laughs) That's basically how they started out. They say in verse five, they said to him, behold, you are old. (laughs) A great way to start the sentence. Hey, Samuel, you're very old and uh, we don't like your sons. So it was just very insulting the way they came to Samuel. Behold, you are old and your sons don't walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the other nations is what they say. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. That shows a little bit about Samuel's character, actually. He didn't get angry about the insult of him being old. He didn't even get angry about them not liking his sons. But he got the most angry about them wanting a king. Israel was not supposed to have any other king except Yahweh. Yahweh was supposed to be Israel's king. But yet Israel continually rejected Yahweh over and over and over again. In fact, Israel tried to get a king 
way back in the book of Judges with Gideon. So after Gideon ended up defeating, I think it was the Amorites in battle, the Israelites actually came up to Gideon and were like, hey, become our king. We want you as a king. And this would have been like hundreds of years before Samuel was even born, most likely. And so way back then, Israel was demanding and wanting a king. But of course, Gideon was like, no, Yahweh is the king. I'm not going to be your king. And Gideon rejected the idea of becoming a king. But Israel was vying for a king from the very beginning. They wanted a human king. They didn't want Yahweh. They were like, nah, Yahweh isn't doing what we want him to do. Ultimately, it came down to control because all the other nations had kings. And so Israel was like, look at all these other nations. We want to be like those nations. We want to have a king like all those other nations have. We don't want to be separate and set apart and different, holy. We want to be just like all the other nations. And that is why Samuel becomes so angry here. Now, it is very funny that the Israelites come up to him and say, give us a king to judge us like all the other nations. Because if you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 17, and this is way back in the Old Testament law, well before Israel had judges or kings, God actually mentions that Israel is going to want a king. Okay. (laughs) And it was prophecy. It's just very funny. And, and the book of Deuteronomy was written hundreds of years before Samuel was even born. So here's what Deuteronomy 17 verses 14 and 15 says. Okay. And this is out of the NIV version. When you enter the land, the Lord your God is giving you and you have taken possession of it and settled in it. And you say, let us set a king over us like all the nations around. <laughs> this is just prophecy. This is God talking about what the Israelites were going to do. And it's like word for word, you know, and this was written hundreds of years before Samuel was even born. Okay. And God's like throwing shade at the Israelites in the future. He's like, yeah, here's what you're going to do when the Israelites come up to you. And they're like, give us a king like all the other nations around us have. (laughs) It's just so funny. God has a great sense of humor. He, He really has a great sense of humor. So moving on though, in Deuteronomy 17, It says, uh, when the people say, let us set a king over us like all the other nations around us have, be sure to appoint over you a king that the Lord your God chooses. He must be from among your fellow Israelites. Do not place a foreigner over you, one who is not an Israelite. And that makes a lot of sense, obviously, because, you know, the Israelite nation was supposed to follow Israelite laws and rules. And so a foreigner was not supposed to be a king because he wouldn't have knowledge of those laws and rules. But the point is, is that God was going to choose the king. Even if the people demanded a king and wanted a king, everything ultimately was in God's control because he, he truly was the king, regardless of whether or not the people wanted him to be the king. God was still in control. He was still going to be the king. He was still going to sit on his throne. And to this day, he still sits on his throne. And no matter how much we try to reject the fact that God is sitting on that throne, he's still going to sit on that throne. So going back to 1 Samuel chapter 8, it says, Samuel prayed to Yahweh after the people rejected Samuel and rejected Samuel's sons and after they demanded a king. And so Yahweh says to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in that all that they tell you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me as the king over them. And that's a that's a very 
beautiful verse because God is actually comforting Samuel here. He can see how hurt Samuel is over this. And God says, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They are rejecting me. And Jesus says the same thing about us Christians in the New Testament. He says, they haven't rejected you. They rejected me first. So when they persecute you, they aren't persecuting you. Technically, they are persecuting me. So if we are followers of Yahweh, if we're followers of Jesus, we share in that suffering because people might think they're rejecting us Christians, but in actuality, they are rejecting God. And God goes on to explain this further to Samuel. He says in verse eight, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they also do to you. And we know that that is the truth from the very beginning. The Israelites never really followed God. They never really did it with their entire heart. From the very beginning of the account in Exodus about God bringing the Israelites up out of Egypt, the Israelites were actually carrying their Egyptian gods with them through the desert. And that's stated, I believe, in the book of Micah or one of the little prophets later on. God actually says the Israelites never stopped worshiping their gods, not once throughout the entire thing. They were always going back to idolatry. They never really wanted me. And so God is telling Samuel here, you know, Samuel, you're tasting a little bit of that rejection that I have felt for hundreds of years with the Israelite people. You're tasting some of that rejection. So he says, they're doing the same thing to you that they have done to me. Now, therefore, listen to their voice. However, solemnly protest to them and show them how the king is going to treat them. And so that is what Samuel does. So he brings the people together who demanded a king and he speaks Yahweh's words to them. So clearly God told Samuel some prophecy about how the king was going to treat the people. So in verse 11, Samuel speaks to the people. He says, this will be the way of the king who shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them as his servants and as his horsemen. And he goes on to say that also the daughters will be taken as servants. They're going to be forced to cook and clean and be maids and be perfumers for the king. So this king is going to acquire tons of slaves from your own children. And not only that, he's going to take from you too. He's going to take your land. He's going to take your animals. He's going to take your vineyards, your fields, your farmland. He's going to take everything for himself. You're going to have to pay a, a wage to him. You're going to have to pay taxes to him. You're going to have to do all this stuff. If, if you want a king, this is what goes along with it. And Samuel finishes this long speech. And then the people say, who cares? We want a king who can judge us and who can go out before us is what they say and fight our battles. Israel already had a king who did all of that. They already had a king who fought battles for them because in the last chapter, the chapter right before this one, God literally fought a battle for Israel. He struck down the Philistines with this crazy thunderstorm, this crazy lightning storm. Something happened and the Philistines were defeated before God and God fought the battle for the Israelite people. But that wasn't good enough for the Israelites. They wanted a king that 
acted the same way they did. They wanted a king who looked the same way they did. They didn't want God as their king. And they were willing to get themselves into all of this trouble and to give their children as slaves to the king and give portions of their field to this king and give all this stuff to this earthly king instead of just following Yahweh, who required very little. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament laws, what did God require really? He required the Levites to be taken care of. He required widows and orphans and fatherless children to be taken care of and foreigners as well. He required people to be kind to each other. He required people to turn away from idols and to love him. But what else did God require? God gave the people everything. Instead of taking from the people, he gave to the people. He gave them military success. He gave them financial success. He gave them the entire promised land. He gave them land. He gave them cattle. He gave them food. He gave them everything and required very little in return. But instead, God says, look, this king, this earthly human king that you want is not going to give you anything. Instead, he is going to take. Notice that this king that Samuel talks about is not giving the people anything in return. All this king is doing is taking, taking for himself, taking everything from the people for himself. This king is greedy, and yet God gave everything to the people. So who was a better king? Obviously, Yahweh was the better king, the better choice for a king, but the people didn't want Yahweh. Instead, the people wanted to be like all the other nations around them. So we can absolutely learn something from this chapter that we're reading today. We can learn that Christians are similar to the Israelite people in that we are supposed to be set apart and different from the world, just as the Israelites were supposed to be set apart and different from the world. But the Israelites were always trying and wanting to be like the world, and it never worked out in their favor. So Christians can't be like the world because we are called to a higher and a better way of living. And if we refuse to live that way, it's not going to work out in our favor because ultimately the only thing the world can give us is misery, trouble, and problems. But to conclude here, it says that the people refuse to listen to the warnings of Samuel and they say, no, we absolutely want a king. We want to live like the world lives. And God tells Samuel, give the people what they want. They've constantly rejected me. So give them what they want. Alrighty, faithful listeners, I hope you've been enjoying the Bible Explained podcast. And many of you have. And sometimes I like to read reviews that people give me. And so today I'm going to be reading a very nice review that I got over on Apple Podcasts. And this review is from SinJB89. And it says, my new favorite podcast. I just found this podcast and I am so blessed by your ministry. Thank you for breaking down the Bible in a simplistic yet effective and understandable fashion. I will share with my family and friends and pray that your ministry continues to grow. 
Thank you so much for that very, very kind review. And thanks for praying for the ministry. That is very meaningful to me. Please pray that the ministry continues just to do God's will because I am always nervous that I'm going to say something incorrect and I I definitely need all the prayers that I can get on that one. So faithful listeners, if you are looking for a way to support the podcast because you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review like SinJB89 did and also pray for the podcast as well and pray for me and pray for P40 Ministries. And if you would like to give a monetary gift, check out the links in the description of this podcast episode and go over to Coffee, the cutest little name because everything on my podcast is coffee related. Go over to Coffee and uh, you can check everything out that I do over there and support the podcast as well on Coffee. Faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. I will see you guys on Monday for an episode once again out of 1 Samuel. Happy listening and God bless. Thank you.